Welcome to Unlock Your Magic, the podcast all about living authentically and doing life on your own terms. My name is Christine, I'm your host, and I invite you to come on a journey with me to discover what it means to live an authentic life, looking at the messy bits of how to get there, and hopefully picking up some tips and tricks along the way so that you can start living life as your truest self. So welcome to today's guest, which is um, Carolyn Fry, who lives in Wexford County in Ireland. Uh, she is married, has three beautiful children. Uh, she's a mentor, an entrepreneur, and a healer. And um, she's found her uniqueness in how to communicate with people and how to blend her corporate experience with her healing gifts, which is a beautiful, beautiful um Thing to do and I've had actually the privilege of seeing her in that transition to kind of really get diving into her gifts and it's been just been beautiful to watch so welcome on today's podcast episode Super. delighted you're here I'm delighted that you have me <laughs> <laughs> so and I, I want to dive right in right so obviously this podcast is all about living authentically and living you know to your own tunes and on your own terms yeah. and I think I want to in, initially kind of dive right in and like what does living authentically uh, yeah. mean to you uh, yeah. in this moment in time um for me it's I come first now which is very very foreign um and I think I will be a natural caregiver um natural fixer natural mammy you know even before I had kids I was mammy in the office um you know the, even at home they called me deputy mammy um but as that played out in life um it brought out a new kind of dark side. It brought out um, oh, a bitterness, a resentfulness. And then you'd swing from, you know, wanting to fix and help everybody to a complete martyr then, you know, or you'd be, you'd be so annoyed with people. But then I realized that um, I was losing me. So I suppose for me, living authentic now is I'm not afraid to be me. I'm not afraid to be seen. I'm not afraid to be heard if I have an opinion or if I don't agree with something, I will share it. I won't share a confrontational, but I'd be like, okay, you know, I hear what you're saying, but from my point of view, this is how I feel. And I never would have done that before. Um, and now I'm actually looking at going, no, that doesn't suit me. Um, I, I can do this, but I can't do that. And I'm actually saying no to people, which is huge because that was so hard. I was, I always wanted people to like me. You know, and I always wanted to just fit in. Um, but I've become very comfortable in saying no and actually putting me first because I'm looking at the impact on me. But then the ripple effect that that has, you know, on the kids, on Des, on the business. So for me, it's actually coming first, which is huge. Mm, yeah, so now I, I kind of want to take people back a little bit onto, I suppose, the journey that you've taken yeah. in terms of getting to this place, right? Um, yeah. Because it, it's, it, it is hard to kind of get to the space where it's like, oh, this is who I am and even figuring out, yeah. who, you know, who is Caroline? And, yeah. you know, I'd, I'd love for you to kind of one, uh, start with maybe like, who's Caroline now? And you've kind of yeah. got gone into that a little bit like you know what makes you you and you know what kind of what's the most important thing to you what's you know what do you value and mm -hmm. and then I'd love to kind of go back to well how to, has that evolved yes. since you know you've started kind of consciously 
living more authentically and living your truth and like you said saying no and not being afraid to be who you are so who's Caroline Fry today yeah so Caroline Fry today um yeah if I explain who I am I'm actually you know I'm doing things that make me happy and that sounds like such a simple thing but it was such a hard thing to do to even figure out what makes you happy like even you know when you were having kids like you're you're so consumed in what you're feeding them like I really had to go back to the basics and kind of figure out what I liked to eat what do you know what I like to do so uh, for me the Caroline Fry who I am now today is one who gets up at six o'clock every morning and absolutely love it and I never ever ever thought I would be that person um, and I do, I come out, I have, you've been in my office, I have a custom built office out the back and I come out and I set my day up for success. And those would have been foreign words to me before, because our house would have been a complete shit show is probably the best way to say it. I would get up too late. Um, I had three kids under three, I, I, like I wasn't thinking. Um, so it was just crazy. And even going back, like they were even getting minded, um, by childminder you know in her house I was working full-time and everybody left the house crying everybody left the house crying and it was just it was horrible like the kids were crying going into school they were crying going into you know play school and it was just like everything was so rushed so I did actually have an epiphany then and I think this is where it started and kind of going oh um what do I need to do? And the first thing I did was I, I actually just got up 15 minutes earlier and I did a simple thing by um, making the kids lunches uh, while they couldn't see it and just put it in the car. So when they were in school, they just had to deal with it. So that stopped that crying going, I don't want to have a sandwich or I don't want to do. So for me, where I'm not going to say what's unique about me or, but for me, my morning time is precious my setup was absolute precious like it's coming down when the house is asleep and I just love that and it's having that cup of tea it's some days I might just listen to a meditation other days if it's been pretty you know it depends if there's a lot going on um there could be intense journaling then <laughs> there might have to be intense EFT to get all that dysfunction you know energy out then it could I'm a big believer in to-do list so it's kind of looking at like okay what do I need to get done so when I walk back into the house, then um, I'm ready for the day. And that's huge. And that took me actually putting myself first, me actually realizing, hang on a minute. I, I, you know, don't, and it's not don't talk to me until I've had a cup of tea, but it was more until I actually was grounded in that space until I actually had a chance to kind of ease into the day. So that for me is um is huge and then I suppose the other thing then um I'm doing what I love I absolutely love helping people I love it um and you know seeing the progress that people can make seeing the wins seeing things that you just take for granted that you assume that you know but somebody else doesn't know like you know and to be able to break them down and take them through that journey it's huge. And that was big because I was in so many jobs that I hated. Like um, I worked with my husband and it was kind of an unintentional work with him. We were living together in Dublin and then he's a countryman and that's a tip 
for any people out there that are going to marry a country man in particular. They have home and genes. They just want to come home like they do want to come home. So I just assumed because I got him to Dublin that he was going to stay in Dublin. But no, he came back. We were renewing our lease in our apartment and it took him 40 minutes to buy the local paper. If that happened to him now, he'd die. But it took him 40 minutes and he missed Wexford. Like he missed actually being part of a community, being part of a village. And it was the, the real serious conversation then. Well, what are we? I was coming up to renew in a contract and work like I was going to be made full time. And I was getting this promotion. So we did have to sit down and go. So then it was a case of, sure, come work with me because he had his own business. Come work with me for six months. You know, so 12 years later, um, I eventually got out. So I suppose we went through three kids together and we were getting married, we went through a recession, we went through his brother leaving, we went through, oh, we just went through so much crap that it was like, no. And I think I, I, I had said it to you before, it was like, I think it was a combination of COVID, it was a combination of me turning 40, it was a combination of my daughter being 10 actually scared the life out of me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw, um, I kind of saw how quickly life was passing me by. So I did have to own up and go, I actually don't like working here. Mm-hmm. And I didn't. And did you, yeah, yeah. Sorry. do you think you like, do you think looking back, actually, you know, like that decision to kind of go work with him? Do you think um, not that you necessarily regret it, but do you think that you may have not kind of gone down the path of not not saying losing yourself in that way but kind of like more kind of living authentically before and kind of really kind of looking at well what does Caroline actually want and what do I actually like doing and need um do you think that might have changed things or do you think you'd have to kind of go through what you've gone through to to get to this um, point? I don't know to be honest because I think everything was so such an upheaval like when I think back of it now it's crazy like you know you leave I left Dublin and I up sticks and you know I did go to the middle of nowhere you know and where I lived in Dublin um I lived right beside the airport so I fell asleep to the M50 like you looked at my kitchen window and there was the M50 you know kind of like we were right over a flight path um you know an industrial estate got built on the back of us like so I was in natural light and noise and then I moved to rural Ireland and it was so dark it was just so dark um so I think the upheaval itself um mm. was crazy then I got pregnant so quickly which I wasn't expecting to happen which I suppose is a blessing now when you see how many people do have so much trouble getting pregnant that I think it was all those factors I had to navigate um, that definitely lost me. I think my journey could have been harder in potentially working for somebody else, having Saoirse, you know, doing the, um, obviously, uh, the the change in where I lived. At least I was able to get, I wouldn't say much flexibility, but I got a bit more flexibility maybe working with Jess, definitely when I had Saoirse. So I think... I up sticks, I got pregnant and I changed career too quickly, you know, kind of like, so I think it was just the combination of that. And um, definitely it was, like I was, I was just, 
I was not prepared for motherhood, but I think to be honest, the sort of person I am, the sort of person does this. We probably still will be sitting down now today to plan children, so we're probably very lucky that um, we did have three surprises. <laughs> yeah, and I suppose, and I suppose, you know, Sersha is probably one of the reasons as well that you've actually started looking at. Oh, I had that like a hot moment or kind of wake up call. Yeah, is oh, like, absolutely. oh, I need to yeah. kind of change. Do you mind? Do you mind telling that story to kind yeah, of? Yeah. So that know, was, um, you know, like. Typical, you're just in the kitchen talking, you know, and it was a real throwaway comment like, oh, when you get married, and uh, she just turned around and went, I'm not getting married. And I was like, why? And, um, you know, she just said, look at you. I said, what do you mean, look at me? And she said, look at you. You know, you're so stressed. You're always fighting with dad, which I was. Um, And she was just like, you hate work. You know, you're always giving out. Um, She was like, why would I do that? Um, and yeah, that was kind of, that was, I, I suppose punch drunk is probably the best term to say after that, like did absolutely floor me. And like, she just went off about her business, like, you know, and life is fine. Like, you know, I'm not going to turn out like you. And I was just left a crumble and mess on the floor. So, um, but it did, um, <clears throat> I was lucky I was in a position of probably awareness starting to come in you know kind of I'd done a I'd done a few things like obviously I was always into the spiritual side of things I was always into you know crystals I'd done Reiki I had done angelic energy therapy and stuff like that so I was slowly starting to reconnect with those gifts again you know and kind of like starting to do courses and because I was actually looking at I was becoming so consumed by work it, it it was scary like you know it was kind of it was either kids or work and actually work was really really starting to become first because it was the baby that we were growing and you know it was our livelihood depended on it and it was pivoting we just got through a recession and it was just there was so much crap going on there and then I was kind of going there was no let up you know absolute no let up like you weren't getting weekends you weren't getting you just weren't getting any form of life um, so then I was kind of like, actually, I want to reconnect with that, like just to to be able to zone out of that again and have something different. So and then I I did a bit of Tai Chi before and I remember um, uh, I remember the guy actually saying to me, um, are you ever going to uh, come out of desert shadow and stop hiding and playing victimhood? Oh, so I was like, oh, my God. And he was like, it can't be his fault for everything. But I was becoming that person that was his fault for everything. Like, you know, and I was kind of going, oh, my God. So that was starting to happen. I'd had that maybe, hmm, maybe I might need to have a look and go. Am I just handing my power over to everybody else? Like, am I just, you know... Well, am I also not just handing over my power, but also like, am I playing the roles that yeah. you know, I think I should be playing or yeah. that society play, places on me or, you know, um, yeah. I think then that's, that's a big part of what I think is important in this conversation is like, because we have all these ideas of, you know, that how we should be doing is like, well, actually yeah. connecting back within yourself, I think, yeah. you know, to start who yeah, am I? So that was, I was kind of like going, oh, you know, and that was kind of, I was starting to look kind of going, okay um I'd really started to isolate myself and I'm kind of going right Des was busy when you married him 
you know kind of like you know he was never he was always on the road three or four days a week like you know kind of like just with work he would have always traveled and that wasn't going to change just because we got married you know and I knew I was going to have to try harder with friends with me being in Wexford and my core group of friends being in Dublin so that was the first thing I kind of started looking at like you know you're isolating yourself but it's not it was more because I was so unhappy you know, and I didn't want to come out because I think if anybody looked at my life uh, from the outside looking in, it looked like picture perfect. Do you know, like I had three kids and, you know, three beautiful kids. So fortunate, not one of them had health issues. You know, I had friends who got really bad miscarriages. They'd, you know, kind of took them ages to, they had to go through rounds of IVF. Like, you know, so I was, you know, I didn't have any problems with that. I had a big house in the country. Yeah, anybody can have a big house in the country. <laughs> like, it's not Dublin prices, like, you know, and Des ran his own business. Um, I have to say, Des was brilliant, was always brilliant with us getting away for a few days on our own, like, you know, on Monarch, it's just on our doorstep, and that was an adult-only place, and they're like, oh, she's in Monarch again, and, you know, and, you know, it looked like the business was doing well when it wasn't. Um, and so from the outside, it looked, you know, so picture perfect. And I think there was an embarrassment of me maybe coming in and crumbling, going, I should be grateful that I have three kids. I should be grateful that I have a job, but I'm dying inside. And I was. Um, and then that was, you become further isolated, but then you can very easily go into victim mode and go, well, that's your fault. I'd have more friends if you were home in the evening or, you know, maybe if you played a more active role in parenting or maybe if the business wasn't so consuming us, well, then I'd have loads of friends, which was complete shite, like, because when I actually did come away and was doing my own thing, I wasn't reconnecting with my friends. Like, it's actually only this year that I have reconnected and kind of went back and stood back and have a look. Actually, I am missing my friends. I need to do something about this. Okay, so you had that aha one was like, you know, your daughter was like, well, I don't want to end up like you. Thank you very yeah. much. So that it kind of said, okay, I've started to kind of get back into connecting with my spiritual side and stuff like that. So take me on this, you know, and, and I'm kind of interested also in the messy bit, like outside picture perfect, side crumbling. And yeah. like, how did you navigate from playing all these roles and having this picture perfect life out to the outside how did you navigate through the messy parts of getting to, oh no, this is this is who I am, to come back to, this is who I am and this is how I need to be in this world and I can marry the two in the terms of like, I can be my, myself and have all the other things. I think when I look at it, I parked the career um, because I had the kids and when I was looking at jobs, you know, I was kind of going, um, well, I was using the excuse at the time. I wasn't going to work three kids in school. And then me kind of being with an employer where I might not necessarily have the flexibility, like, you know, to be able to run out and pick them up because I wanted to do that. I wanted to have it all. You know, I wanted the career, but I wanted to be the man that picked her kids up from school. Like, you know, so I did myself absolutely no favors in picking a hard road. Like, um. So that was excuse number one that I was looking for. But really, it was like, I didn't really, I had lost so much confidence as well in working for Des in that. Um, and it wasn't like, it was more, I kind of forgot my value in the workplace because when I first went into work with OmniPro, like I was just Des's girlfriend, you know, kind of. And then I was kind of the wife. Like, so it took me a long time to actually come out as, no, I'm Caroline and I'm actually good at my job. 
So that was really, really hard to do. And that kind of did to the confidence. So then when you were kind of looking at going, well, my life, I don't want this. When you were going to look at other jobs, then that did actually impact my confidence. It was kind of going, well, am I just, you know, because I felt I wasn't, although I was in a proper workplace, I kind of felt were people going to look at she just worked with her husband, you know, kind of did she actually do that at all? Like, you know, so, so that was definitely the first thing that, that took a huge hit was the the confidence thing and then I was nicely able to use the kids as an excuse there as to sure I couldn't get a job and anyway even if I did feel confident like you know that uh, sure I have these three children um that there's no way like anybody would employ me so that was kind of one realization there to have a look at but I was getting I was getting more miserable and I was starting to snap at the kids more and then I was nearly counting down the hours to when they were in bed, you know, kind of like, and because I was, it was very much the Gina Ford contented little baby. They were very routine to an inch of their lives. And then they were, you know, kind of put to bed and I was kind of going, Ugh. so then I wasn't happy as a mammy, like, you know, so I wasn't happy in my career. I wasn't happy as a mammy because I was kept down the hours to get them to go to bed. So I suppose where the real crunch came, um, I did start looking at courses, uh, you know, I know I reconnected back with an ACH, but again, it was like the confidence side of things. Once you had to do case studies and actually put out and admit who you were, that's where, you know, I'd never progress any further. Like, because it was like, oh, I'm going to have to actually say, stand up and say, oh, I'm a healer or, you know, kind of do this. Um, But it was COVID. It was definitely Saoirse making that comment. It was probably going doing the bit of the Tai Chi and, and having a look and going, hmm, maybe there could be a bit of victim mode. But then COVID was horrendous. Um, COVID put so much pressure on the business, but we were so lucky that, um, well, A, we were so lucky with the uh, subsidy fund from the government, uh, from the government to, to keep it going. But our business thrived. And we ended up becoming the champion of the people, like because the none of the institutes were given guidance, you know, revenue were were issuing this. And because our niche was accountants, like, you know, they had such an important stance in, you know, kind of everybody's lives, really. And like, of course, if you run your own business, you're gonna go to your accountant. Well, what does this mean? Do I have to lay people off? Do I not? Do I shut down? Can I avail of this? So so we became the champions of this, but we were also working with um Des's brother at the time. And they had a very dysfunctional relationship and the two of them were just bound by loyalty, you know, to work with one another, but they couldn't like they were killing one another. Um, so then all the way through that, then there was an exit and it was a bitter exit and it was, um, it was so hard because there was family involved. It was a very inside view to how toxic it went. I spiraled, Des spiraled everybody spiraled mentally the kids spiraled and um, there was so much fighting going on the really messy bit I got a phone call from the principal to say that um he's concerned Saoirse was concerned her parents were going to get divorced uh because there's so much fighting at home so what did you do then so you well, know to turn all that around like how that all around what I did was I needed help I came up for mayor so the first thing I did was get a really good therapist the second thing I did and still do I still, that was like three years ago. So I still see my therapist um, every second week. It depends, like I'll go a month and then I'll be like, no, kind of like we'll go into maintenance and then we'll come back. So I got a really good therapist and then I uh, got a really good homeopath and I got a really good healer. 
um, and I really upped my self-care. Mm-hmm. So it was through the therapist then. It was give me a very safe environment to release my fears, you know, really go deep on the really go deep on the um, confidence side of things, really go deep on, you know, myself and Des's relationship was becoming toxic for both of us, you know, because the business was becoming toxic. So it was kind of how to have more confidence in communicating and actually go and kind of, if mommy isn't happy, the impact that this has kind of on the family. So it took a good few attempts, but I did actually come in and say to Des, went, no, enough is enough. And I left the family business um, and that was so hard. Oh my God, talk about betrayal, talk about marriage uh, nearly gone down the tubes and you're looking at the kids and there's such guilt like you're looking at they wanted me to leave the business but they didn't want me to leave because is daddy going to be upset and there is you know different kind of fighting and so in the end which is very unconventional but in the end we got a mediator in and it was the best thing that we did kind of like I wouldn't say it's for every couple it was absolutely horrendous but but we got to both got to error sites so I was able to communicate to Des that um, it was the business that I was leaving, not him, you know, and that it was his dream was his business and that I had my own dreams and I needed the opportunity to, to go and fly. So I did. <laughs> and um, I suppose the rest, it's history, but I couldn't have done it really without the support of a counsellor, without the support of, you know, a healer. And then I would, but like obviously being in the alternative space, like, you know, even the homeopathy for the emotional well-being and, you know, stuff like that, just to mm. keep you keep you on track. And we did it. We gave up alcohol for two years as well while we did it. So it was good. We did it. We did all that without wine. <laughs> so so you talk about so okay so you've taken us through the journey of you know, getting to that place and like so how did you the, the one thing that I'm always interested in as well is like how did you like what first what is your dream like because you kind of said oh you know I have a dream for myself which yeah. you probably didn't know as you were going through the whole you know business no, and marriage, no you know, I didn't I was lost. um you know so when it was going through it really was the coaching people and it really was kind of helping people kind of beyond their purpose or you know break through those ceilings and actually like and and that kind of came out through um one of the the businesses that Des had do you know we had a mastermind there and I suppose it was how active I was in that and you know helping some of Des's clients and you know getting excited by creating exercises and doing stuff like that and I was like god I really I really really enjoy this mm-hmm. um and then I seem to have a very natural way of breaking things down do you know like if something is very complex you know I I seem you know I can manage to put it into three digestible steps or you know kind of or look at it like something oh how am I going to get to that and then like okay well the first step is here you know and and do that so and sure I just assumed everybody could do that you know kind of and and then having a look so that's where I was going um no offense to any accountants that could be listening out there but I didn't want to be working with accountants and then I did actually want to be working with females um I work with a lot of males as well but then I was looking at my own um healing gifts and then I was looking at that industry which is an industry that would break your heart um but it's a beautiful industry but I saw where there was a big um 
probably a lack of awareness maybe around the business you know and a lot of the issues that I was struggling with with confidence like they were struggling with in their business you know like maybe not having the confidence to okay they could recognize their talents but they couldn't put a price to that talent or you know kind of they were looking at stuff that maybe they were doing for free where I maybe say well maybe you could turn that into a membership or you know kind of looking into that so so that was kind of it was sitting on the profit pro side of the house which is where I was looking going yeah I actually I'm good at this and this is what I want to do and I'm helping people and then I'm also helping people that need the help you know so um and in an area where I can fully appreciate and maybe ground the woo-woo-ness like you know that they can turn it into a business that it's not like oh I'm going to meditate and that's going to magically pay my ESB bill and eh, no it's not you got to pay <laughs> like you know so it's it's to try ground that and look it in and recognize their gifts but be able to you know kind of charge for their gifts too so so that probably that's that came about really true profit pro and having a look um there then I suppose I did your course that was the next step on my journey <laughs> um and then I joined your mastermind um, and then I suppose I would have been really fortunate. I was always had a great access to education. Like Des like just has such a thirst for knowledge. And I was able to jump on that bandwagon with him, which was great. Like sure, the access of the material that I got. Again, just assuming this is out there and it wasn't, you know, kind of in all this knowledge that I was building up. And then I was in strategic coach in the UK. And I really liked their approach of how they can kind of put everything into a one-page exercise. So I was like, Ah, so that kind of has helped me with it. And then the next thing then that I realized then the more business coaching I was doing, um, I realized then the gap. So and I think it is like everything. If you don't have your own personal house in order, it transitions through into your business. You know, like there's just no doubt about it. And you could see where you're making progress. Some clients or some clients would hide or some clients and do you think sorry to interrupt do you think that's down to then again them not trusting themselves to be the true selves um I think it's I think it comes from probably value I think it comes from confidence I think it could come from maybe some subconscious rules that they have that could be you wouldn't know whether what childhood they had you would know who are they surrounding themselves like oh you can't charge that for that or I can or do you know I think it can be a combination of factors you know actually yeah I'd actually like to kind of dive into that a little bit because I, I personally believe that most of us take on these you know limiting beliefs and kind of these Absolutely. You know, things yeah. like through childhood and and we put on these masks for different kind of yeah. things that we think we should be doing. Yeah. And through that, I believe all like most of us live actually inauthentic lives because yeah. everybody that we meet meets a different version of us to some degree. And I I think it would be amazing if, you know, and that's my work that I do um every day to kind of come back to, well, who who am I actually? Yeah. Like how can I strip it back down to who's who's me underneath all of those kind of yeah. layers, all of those masks and stuff like that, which is why I love, you know, you kind of saying you go into therapy and think that's the only not the only way, but it's 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 definitely a very useful way to kind of strip back and kind of like, well Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose the benefit of it, I've been really fortunate with my therapist too, that it wasn't um 
you know, I think some psychologists can get a very hard name for themselves. You know, like, you know, kind of you look in it and but it was a very gentle way of going in and kind of going, well, where did that rule come from? Like it was two things I remember looking at. It was one, there was a money exercise you gave us in one of the courses that I think it was in the mastermind, you know, you're like, oh, if you want to delve into your, your money story, and it was kind of a real throwaway kind of thing. And I did it and I was blown away when I actually looked like, you know, I have this limiting belief that I can't earn money because I'm going to get rich. My parents don't like rich people. It's kind of like looking at like, you know, I'm not saying that when we grew up, like, you know, we definitely weren't poor, but like, you know, dad worked and, but it was kind of, anybody who had extra money was a snob, you know, kind of like, or, you know, going, oh, look at them or, you know, kind of. And so I was just a throwaway comment, right? It often is like the throwaway throwaway comment. comment, It was how it framed my position on money, Mm. you know, kind of like looking at that. So I think when there's issues like that around, um, by God, running your own business is going to throw up all those mirrors you know because yeah and like because you're just gonna have to like look in them and actually have a look and kind of go you know like the simple question like well you know maybe charge 20 euros just throw it I can't charge that why you know who's telling you that like you know where is that coming from or you know I can't post that or I can't say that why well I don't want to upset people well, is that because you were talking, oh, gee, you can't say that. And we don't want to be upsetting them. And people like us should be listening or people, mm-hmm. you know. So it's amazing when you actually start going in and looking at when you think you're doing a basic, I'm going to show you how to grow your business. There's this huge hurdle that you have to get over first. And I think I remember my therapist, which is, I, I still, it still keeps me awake at night, like, you know. So he was um, saying to me, you know, I was talking about the, the life coaching journey that I was going on and um, there was bits, you know, that I was struggling with and there was other bits that I enjoyed that I was able to rally with. But there was two modules, you know, that I was having a look in anyway. And he just looked and looked me in the eye and he was like, Caroline, how do you feel about the word um, authentic? I was like, oh, I love it. I feel that's me. That's me to a T. I love it. And I was like, great. He said, I have another word for you. And I said, what? <laughs> he said hypocrite I was like oh he said well we don't look at those two modules (laughs) maybe you might be a hypocrite there and I was like oh my god but he was dead right I think if you don't actually delve in and actually have a look and own it you know and kind of go yeah actually there's something triggering me here or there's something bringing me up are you being authentic are you being a hypocrite so as I, especially in the life coaching that I'm doing, I'm kind of looking, there's no point in me telling somebody to go out and move because it's natural and it's fun. And like, I might necessarily be moving. I have to be honest and go, okay, hands up. I'm struggling with this. And I am trying to find, you know, alternative ways and stuff. And I think, I suppose, I think that's, that's adding to my personality of my coaching because it's exactly like you say, it's messy. You know, it's not perfect. And it's relatable, right? Yeah, it's absolutely relatable. Like you're looking in and you're kind of going, look, I am not 50 steps ahead of you. I'm possibly two, you know, kind of like, you know, but it's the two that you need right now and we'll figure it out together. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's also kind of getting into the taking self-responsibility and kind of, you know, 
looking at, well, I'm human. I am not, yeah. you know, this picture perfect life that you think, yeah. you know, is like, and owning that. And I think that's very courageous. And that takes a lot yeah. of courage and a lot of, because in this world of social media, where we only see the highlight reels. And oh my God, wait, wait okay. For messiness yesterday, right? So I'm starting on this social media platform our, our uh, strategy kind of thing. So I do want to build more of an awareness and stuff like that. So I had done this video and it was purely on it. I was practicing. I got a new, um, I actually didn't get a new, uh, Saoirse's Godfather was brilliant with gadgets that I get great use out of. So I went up to her bedroom and I took out this fancy um, Pivo or something like that. I don't know what it was. And um, I decided that I was going to do a video. <laughs> so yesterday I was in my tracksuit talk about airbrush I I don't even know if I had a hairbrush like and I looked at it and I just I just did this video and anyway and it was it was about a 10 to beating and um I was trying to put music over it and I was trying to you know put the lyrics and all that and Saoirse had downloaded this app CapCut so I went into her and anyway and I said Saoirse will you show me how to put music to this and, and put stuff I said like I, I just want to play around like and I might post it on TikTok she posted it directly onto TikTok. I did not know. I did not know. It was only then my phone started beeping. But I woke up. 1,500 people have viewed it. <laughs> got a spray of makeup in tracksuit. And I've got like something like 85 likes. And I've just put it down to purely because it's so, so natural. Like, I mean, when you go in, I was trying to put the name as I am Caroline Fry. And uh it auto corrected it so it's like Ian Car Car Troy or something like that it's like you know when you look at it it's absolutely ridiculous but I say it's got likes because there is no authentic you know it's like the messy bits and you know I think we're all we're all very much tired of the you know like the the Kim Kardashian perfect going out with the contour lines and and that so so it was a good eye opener you know and they say when's the best time to do something now well I tell you there you go because I would have been agonizing over that and the other thing that it did show me like you know with Facebook and with like Instagram I was so slow to get likes and stuff like well there you go like something like 1500 views and 83 likes in five minutes so it was kind of like okay well there's maybe a platform I should be using a bit more and don't wear makeup and maybe turn up in your tracksuit like but um I think yeah, we're all so afraid of showing up you know yeah, me included. I mean, you know me me partly included as to kind of hide I'm fairly vulnerable on my you know uh, Instagram usually but I'd still hold back quite a bit because yeah. I'm yeah. Kind of like is it really okay to be be really who I am because it's the shadow parts of ourselves that we kind of like oh can I really admit that to myself that I'm like yeah and like oh my god am I going to stray from society norm of you know not looking I read a very very powerful book there a couple of weeks ago and it was um fat pretty and soon to be old and oh my god it was it was so powerful in how we're nearly born by society that especially for females you should be this size preferably blonde you know absolutely perfect perfectly perfect white mother, a perfect wife sex god in the bedroom like you know kind of like and if, you, if you're not doing that you're absolutely failing you know and it was her struggle she was half um was it what the hawaiian Maui or whatever and like she was saying i'm naturally a big person and she was you know, when she went back to Hawaii, she was treated like a god. But in America, like she was just treated as um fat. She was yoga. She is a yoga instructor. 
And then she said, like, to top it off then in her 20s, then she figured out she was gay. So she was like, not only, you know, was I fat like, but now I'm queer like, you know, and she was just like, I'm really blowing society norms. And, you know, her mother had her on a cabbage suit diet from when she was eight. And oh, it was just frightening to see. Mm. And then she was just comparing it, you know, kind of the life of living in that. And then she was just like, I actually love my body. I'm so flexible. I'm a yoga teacher. I work out. I'm happy. You know, this is the size I'm meant to be. But society has decided I'm not like, you know, and it's just and I think that is a huge part in actually showing up like. And for me, it was definitely, am I going to get judged? Yeah, absolutely. I judge people, you know, like, so what? They're not going to judge me, you know? So like that, that was absolute huge for me. And I was just like, no, mine, I think it got to the point where I know I can make an impact people, you know, I can help people and like to start putting a different perspective out there that it did get to the stage where it kind of takes over you. It takes over the part of, um, staying in the norm like that it's just like okay I'm going to be judged but I don't care if one person actually just needed to hear that message today or if you know you just you just don't know what's going on in people's lives yeah 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 so I I suppose kind of to to start wrapping it up I like to kind of ask people your two best tools that have helped you on this journey to becoming and embodying who you are yeah probably access to support without a doubt like and I know I was very very fortunate that financially I could do it but there are ways around that so I think if you are going to embark on a journey like this don't do it alone there is help out there like so definitely a tool would have been my support and it would have been non-biased support is probably the best way to say it like I, I didn't pick family I didn't pick friends it's not that I didn't feel that they could support me but I wanted to be able to talk freely so definitely for that it was, um, it would have been the support network. And then uh, probably the other tool, um, I know it sounds like such a cliche, but like your inner voice doesn't go away, no matter how much you push it down. Like, just listen, you know, kind of like it is there. Um, And for me, it would have been probably given the space for my inner voice to talk. Because I found when I went against it, the shit really hit the fan, you know, where, you know, kind of like, you know, so it is following your gut, listening to that, that voice, like, you know, and trusting them. So they probably will be my two best, best tools. Very good. And I suppose lastly, kind of, if there's one piece of advice or kind of even one word that you give someone that is starting to embark of kind of like, oh, this isn't working for me. Like who even am I down deep down below and how can I show up in this world? what would that be it's never too late to change like you know obviously the first time to plant a tree was 20 years ago second time is now and I I I fully actually believe that and it's um it's the price you're willing to pay and I think for me it was kind of looking at definitely turning 40 I was like you know the first half was went by you know a lot of lessons learned um, and I think it is kind of whatever using a sports analogy it's all to play for in the second half like you know absolutely and the power in taking responsibility for your own life and being back in the driver's seat and like even if you're only in at 20% of the time you know but it's like 
little by little taking that that for me is is huge that it's never too late you know and don't like don't give up and like dreams don't have to be um I'm still dreaming of being a millionaire I haven't lost that one but like it's not all about that you're going to go out and do something and if it's about being the best man be the best man and own it you're going to go out and and do it it's about being true to you so amazing thank you so much for your time I really appreciate it I hope the listeners can take some uh, something away from you which I'm sure they will because it's you know it's it's one hell of a journey and um yeah thank you yeah no matter thank you very much Thank you for listening to another episode of Unlock Your Magic. If you like this episode, make sure to head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast to subscribe, rate, or leave us a review. These small actions help us immensely since we are an independent podcast without any sponsorship. See you next time.